0: The Money Show. The Africa Business Report. The Africa Business Report brought to you by Smart Security, powered by Vodacom Business. Start strong, start smart with smart security solutions for SMEs. Vodacom Business further together. Dinah Games joins us this evening. She's chief executive of the business consultancy Africa at Work. And Nigeria must be looking at the huge volatility in global oil prices at the moment with some delight, Dinah Games.
1: Well, <clears throat> Bruce, I think it was obvious that, um, you know, countries like Nigeria, Egypt, Algeria, et cetera, were going to be looking at the Ukraine-Russia situation and, and I guess licking their lips for want of a better term. <clears throat> but unfortunately, it's not as simple as that, because um, Nigeria is already a, an, as, um, exporting LNG, liquid um, gas to Europe. But th- this is a huge chance to ramp up those exports. Um, Obviously, the Europeans have seen the um, opportunity as well. In February, the um, EC vice president and the Nigerian vice president met to discuss options. Last week, we had the um, EU ambassadors meeting, the Nigerian oil minister, to talk about what is possible. And uh, excuse me, sorry, Bruce, I've got a bit of a throat today. It's um, good to it's good know, to have know, a throat,
0: uh, Diana. And maybe, uh, Karabo, uh, if you could just mute Diana just for a moment, just a little dignity mute, so that Diana can get that little <clears throat> that little throat thing resolved. In five, four, three, two, one. I'm sure it is resolved by now, Diana. Let's talk Nigerians <laughs> and oil.
1: Well, so now, <coughs> sorry, Bruce. No, it didn't mean, work. Didn't it, it, might, it might be continuing. We can't have the the dignity mute uh, ongoing. No, we can't. But the uh, multi-billion, there's a multi-billion trans-Saharan nat- natural gas pipeline that is being built from uh, Nigeria, running through Niger to Algeria. Now, of course, now Algeria already has a gas pipeline to Europe. It's a three thousand-kilometer line. It goes through some of the most hostile territory. Um, characterized by you know bandits and all sorts of problems so i don't know when that's going to to you know really kick in i I think nobody was expecting this sudden opportunity to raise its head like this and quite so suddenly so you know that that is a long way from being complete um algeria is the 10th biggest uh producer globally of gas but it has low stocks so uh, there's a lot of opportunity egypt is also a big producer of gas it also doesn't have a pipeline so there's a lot of opportunities in africa i think the, the the thing has just arisen so quickly um and of course people are not expecting this so they're not properly geared to take advantage which is a real pity but i think what it does is maybe this has been a wake-up call to say let's get ourselves together i mean nigeria has a lot of issues you know vandalism of infrastructure continued lack of investment in new exploration political instability um etc so there's a lot of issues to deal with and i mean even in even locally the oil and gas production is below par so yes it, it's, it's great it is a, a big opportunity for africa but a lot needs to happen before we can really realize that. So I think um, uh, it's it's still a bit of a pipe dream at this stage, although if Nigeria can produce it and export it um, by sea, then uh, Europe is ready to take it by
0: all accounts. Nothing like a pipe dream. If you're exporting gas and oil, absolutely, pipe dreams are important. (laughs) The DRC joining the East African community. Now, the East African community, um, we know SADC because we're part of SADC. I think the East African community has been far more successful in terms of getting cross-border collaboration amongst its nation states. There were six. Now, with the DRC, it takes it to seven. Does it make it a lot more complicated?
1: Well, you know the, the the east african community is one of the stronger trade blocks that we've got and that is partially a result of its size you know you have countries that are already quite cohesive in terms of trade politics and and historical links so the the um south sudan became the latest member in 2016. that was a um, not an outlier in in any way except maybe politically it was unstable etc um south sudan of course as with uh, the drc eastern drc uh, moves a lot of goods through Mombasa and through Uganda and that whole trade route through East Africa. So there's natural linkages there. Uh, so um, the DRC, the you're talking really about Eastern Congo, which, uh, you know, DRC is huge geographical size. It's bigger than all the other six members of the AAC. So that brings a benefit, certainly for the AAC. There's a new sort of population of 90 million people. The economy is about a quarter of the size of the rest put together. Um, etc so there's benefits for everybody i think that the eastern dlc as we know is very much characterized by a lot of a lot of violence a lot of um in political instability etc although goma which is just on the other side of the border from rwanda um, that is their main route to the sea So there's a lot of logical reasons for this i mean how can shasta benefits uh, you know dlc is really a, a pockets of of development you know you have you have the kinshasa on one side lubumbashi in the south um, and Goma in the east so, so it's not a co- coherent country in many ways either but nevertheless there, there are trade um, advantages uh, tariff advantages um, etc and, and the trade that's currently happening will be easier uh, so it's not like it, and it hopefully will boost the trade but I think what's happening anyway was always going to happen because they you know Goma has only one route to the sea and that is through Rwanda, Uganda, Kenya so, but, but I think you know, and also you've got overlapping memberships. I mean, the um t- uh, Tanzania is also a men- member of SADC. um the other, some of the other countries a member of Kamesa. So you've you know, we're already still in the situation of overlapping memberships with which the African free trade area should hopefully iron out in due course that everybody is under the same trade regime. So, um, but nevertheless, within the African free trade area, you're still going to have these pockets of trade blocks, and that includes, as I say, the EAC, which is, is one of the the certainly one of the bigger and more successful ones. So there's a lot of advantages, mm. certainly mm. for the DRC, but also I guess and, in some ways the numbers, the geography, et cetera, of the DRC for the EA, the current EAC.
0: Uh, South Africa has been one of the countries that has dropped the need for for COVID tests for people arriving in South Africa. Nigeria and Ghana also, as long as you're vaccinated, um, they are also relaxing restrictions as well. Desperate to get trade and activity picking up again. Yes, in fact, both in the
1: same week, um, Nigeria dropped the... Uh, the, the PCR test, um, although they have got a, a caveat that you have to have an antigen uh, rapid test in the airport hall, which I think for anyone who's traveled to Lagos, I mean, that queue and just the drama is already enough. I think you have to have this on top of it. I don't know how that's going to work, but um, the Ghana has taken the the high road and they've actually just said, we won't have antigen tests. It's just um, no negative test. You just have to be double vaccinated. And interestingly, listening to your previous speaker, um, Nigeria fully vaccinated population is less than five yeah. percent. In Ghana it is just about thirty percent. I can't remember what the South African figure. I think we're quite close to where Ghana is. I think so, yeah. Um Yeah, so so or actually the the, the fully vaccinated is sixteen percent in Ghana. So you've got countries with five and sixteen percent uh fully vaccinated, double vaccinated populations. So, um, yeah, it's interesting. I mean, I guess they're they're hoping that most travelers will will be vaccinated more um, higher numbers of vaccinations. I don't know, I think just generally people want to just get back to normal. um Ghana has also dropped masks. Um, it's it's opened its road and sea borders for people to start moving around. A lot of the the trade, of course, in West Africa and across Africa, is across borders. It's road borders, um, so that has has now opened up. So I think everybody just wants to um, get going again. And I think the war in Ukraine, with all the associated potential problems of of trade and supply chain disruption and cost of 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 a lot of basic goods, has also just been a wake up call for governments to say. Do we still need to hang on to this, onto all this? And um, because the world has changed quite a lot already. So we'll see how that goes. There may be other countries who've done it. I'm just not following all of them. But these just happen to be this week that I that I happen to notice.
0: Thank you, Diana Games, Chief Executive of the Business Consultancy, Africa at Work.